It's time for JT the Brick. The years are ticking off, JT. <laughs> it doesn't matter who you're playing. You know, you got to show up. you got to play at the highest level. You're not going to win in this league. JT the Brick. Hey, Raider Nation, let that sink in. Since 2018, he has 25 interceptions. Raider fans go crazy around here when a guy gets two for the entire season. Anytime, JT. And uh, hi to all my uh, Raider fans out there. Go Raiders. And now, here's JT the Brick. Welcome in, everybody. JT, as we keep it going here on NFL Free Agency, as it opens up here. And we got a lot to cover today on Raider Nation Radio. Unfortunately, not a lot of Raider news And that'll be the focus of the show here in the first hour of the broadcast as we're brought to you by Golden Entertainment, the owner of PT, Sean Patrick, Sierra Gold, the SG Bar, 64-plus taverns here in the Valley. And, man, are they ready to roll for March Madness. Thursday, Friday, if you're looking for a seat, Right up front with all their great TVs, all their great locations. Head on out to the madness of March Madness and find the PTs near you. They want you to come in. Great updates on the menu. Great opportunities with drink specials. Great place to be for March Madness. Coming up here as games are underway on Thursday. Seth Greenberg will join us from ESPN as I'm building my bracket. We'll do that a little bit later on. And Bill Krakenberger, America's favorite sports gambler who's really sharp on college basketball. He will join us a little bit later on in the show. Also, Jeff Sherman, who joins us on Tuesdays over at the Westgate, the VP of Risk Management on the tournament, NFL Free Agency. And there is news today coming out of the Westgate as they look for an investigation on was there insider news on Tom Brady coming out of retirement where betters had it, had information, and it moved the line and betters got in because they had inside information. Really big story. Huge story around the NFL today. And we have the VP of Risk Management from that property coming up in about 45 minutes. Oh, also Gilbert Manzano will join us. He's the insider for the Chargers on what the Chargers have done. Now, I feel like sending a gift basket to all the Raider insiders who are unbelievable, especially the ones we have on the show, but they don't have anything to tweet about or write about yet because nothing's happened in regards to what people want to see, just some Raider fans on movement as the Raiders look to be uh, very prudent at this time on the decisions about what they're going to make with money. And that's how we lead off here with the monologue. See, you got to be able to look at life at things right in front of you and understand what's happening. If a car is coming right at you, you get out of the way. If the real estate market is crashing, you either buy more real estate or sell yours. Same with the stock market. If your kids are having trouble in school, you get them a tutor. There's a a lot of basics in life that you should all be aware of, just living life every day. We all should have been prepared for the start of free agency with Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels because they come from the Patriots and they do it the right way. Not that there hasn't been gentlemen here earlier who did it the right way. And they went out and they got good draft picks and they signed good players and they did things. Reggie McKenzie, Mike Mayock, John Gruden, Rich Passaccia, Art Shell, Norv Turner, Dennis Allen. Go back to all of the coaches that I've worked with over the years and had on this show. But these two men are here now to do it their way. Are we all on board with that? Because if you're not on board with this, you're going to have to enter a mental asylum. If you're not on board with this, it's going to drive you nuts. And it's not driving me nuts because I expected some free agents to be signed already. They haven't been. But I'm not freaking out because I know what's happening with the organization as there's a complete turnover 
on both sides of the building. They're on the football side of the building, and they're trying to make better decisions heading into the draft, the offseason, free agency, but most importantly, which I've told you before I went away and came back, that they're dealing with the roster. They're trying to figure out what to do with the players that they have, which I'm assuming they don't like a lot of the players that they have, or they'd like to restructure some of these players, and they're trying to figure out a way to get the house in order financially. And I don't mean that. Let me take that back. Not to get the house in order, but to structure the money and the cap space and the contracts more to their liking which is the Patriot way, because they came from the Patriots under the Belichick tree. So then they can go in and attack. That doesn't mean they can't get Stephon Gilmore. They can't get Allen Robinson. They can't go out and get other players that are still available. But God, don't we all realize by now what they're doing? They're assessing the marketplace. They're looking at the team in the building. They're breaking down film. They're working with the scouts. They're evaluating every play with Patrick Graham and Lombardi and the new coaches that are coming in, and they're saying, who do we keep? Who do we want to get rid of but we can't get rid of, but we can restructure their contract, and then we'll be more poised to do what we want to do. And the Devontae Adams deal is looming as he's not happy in Green Bay, and he doesn't want to get the franchise tag. So I understand what you're going through. 23 seasons with the team. I've been down this road longer than anybody you know on the radio. And I've seen it, and I've jumped ahead, and I've loved some of the picks in the past that didn't work out. And there's been other players that I wanted to see bring in, and they didn't bring, and they swung and missed on it. These two guys deserve your attention and your support as they figure out what they're doing. Because then you're just a fan, and I'm a fan, but then you're very unstable. Then you're up and down like you freak out when they sign someone. Now you're happy, but if they don't, you're freaking out the other way. That's the term triggered that we have in our lives today due to the political cycle over the last 6 to 12 years. Everybody's triggered every day about COVID, about the war, about politics. Everybody's freaking out about everything. And I am not a good example of a guy who's calm. My strength, I think, on the radio is emotion and playing off the emotion of fans. I think that's better radio shows than doing a poll question or some fake list to try to get you to call in. We don't do any of that crap on this show. We don't talk about anything that doesn't matter on this show. And I try to give you the best content to get you to think about what could happen next. So am I shocked that they haven't brought in anybody big? No, I'm not shocked. Am I surprised? A little bit. I thought they'd maybe be a little bit more active in free agency here if they targeted a former Patriot player. But as we talk to Gilbert Manzano, we'll do that a little bit later on. If they didn't want to go out and get a certain player because he was too expensive, what's wrong with that? That's exactly what they're doing here. They're saying that we are in control of this team and the personnel. We are going to go out and get the best players available for the best price. And we are not going to hammer this team into cap hell and have players that we don't think are going to work long term. So we all get that. I think we do. But there are some fans that deserve to call in and should call in today with their frustration if there's a player that has not been signed, if there's a player that you'd like to see. I mean, I, you're talking about chewing gum and talking at the same time. I'm talking to you right now, and all I'm doing as I'm talking is looking at Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport because I know at any time throughout the course of the next two hours, something can break on this show, and it could be big in regards to the Raiders. But I also understand that the Raiders are trying to get their house in order when it comes to the cap and restructuring contracts, 
which I knew they would do, and I think it's very important that they do that. And they're looking for value here. They're looking for value. Paul Gutierrez, four hours ago, the Raiders reworked the contract of center Andre James, and his new cap charge is just $1.58 million. Okay, the Raiders went out there and dipped their toe in free agency, cornerback Darius Phillips to the Raiders on a one-year deal, $2.25 million. That deal's all just about depth at the cornerback position in special teams. You need players like that. You need players like that, but it's not a blockbuster deal. A blockbuster deal is Randy Gregory blowing off the Cowboys after he agreed to terms with the Cowboys, and then the Broncos flying in and getting one of the best edge rushers in all of football. Now, that's a blockbuster story. And believe me today, they're having a lot more fun on the Denver Broncos and Charger flagship station than we're having today. Because we're just sitting back waiting, 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 and I'm trying to tell everybody, calm down. Let's see how it plays out as other teams in Green Bay with the Aaron Rodgers extension, all of this Deshaun Watson talk about now he's in playing Atlanta along with Carolina and Cleveland potentially in a trade. Those are the big, juicy, move-the-needle NFL stories. And sorry, Raider Nation, they don't include us so far today. And hopefully they will by the end of the show or Q show or Vinny's show or tomorrow. But that's the way it goes. And that's where we're at right now. I want to hear from Raider fans on what you expect now. I have the, I have all the list from NFL.com. They do a really good job with this, the free agent tracker, about everybody who's available, everybody who is signed, and who's out there in the top free agents available. And we'll see. You know, I thought that the Raiders would come out of this with a, a starting offensive lineman as a free agent. And I thought they'd come out of this with a corner, a starting quarterback with big-time value. They have not yet. And then for everybody who thinks they have to get a wide receiver, I think they might be playing the market really good. I think they're playing the market pretty good here because they're waiting for the market to come down so they could go after players. Now, if they lose Allen Robinson or another player or a wide receiver because the market's coming down and they don't jump it in front, then that's something I think you could call in on. But I think you're nuts to think that Zay Jones, who I like and I've interviewed on the show, deserves the money here they got with Jacksonville. I mean, the Raiders aren't an ATM right now spitting out cash going to give Zay Jones that type of money. Have you lost your mind? There's players out here getting deals that are way over the top, and the Raiders are proving early that they're not participating in that. But can the pendulum switch easily if they do a blockbuster trade for Devontae Adams and reunite him with Derek Carr? Also, they re-sign Max Crosby. That's a big deal. They freed up some money to give Max the deal that he deserves. We're all assuming they're going to do the Derek Carr deal. That's going to be an expensive, most likely a very expensive addition when it comes to what they're committing to Derek financially. Hunter Renthrow eventually on the clock here. Josh Jacobs. So these gentlemen, Dave Ziegler and Josh Jacobs, are getting the house in order, trying to set up all the dollars. And as we told you the day, the day they got hired, I was the first to interview Josh McDaniels on the radio, that they look at position groups more so than position players. Let me repeat that. They look at the value of the entire secondary, the value of the entire offensive line, instead of one particular player. That's the Patriot way that is here now in Las Vegas. 702-365-9200. 702-365-9200. I'm not telling you. I've never told you since you've been listening to me how to react. You do whatever the hell you want. You can scream as long as you respect 
as long as you don't make it personal, you don't make fun of people, you don't make it personal, you could always sound off like you got a pair. And if you're frustrated today because of what some other teams have done, I understand that. Because what I do, I think, really strong on the national level, and especially what filters into this show, is I tell you what the other teams are doing. And I know for a fact that Denver got much better and the Chargers got noticeably better. And I'm always concerned about those teams. And I got it right the last two years with Denver, as other bloviators were saying, oh, Denver's got the best roster. Oh, Denver's one player away. I said, they're full of it. They don't know the Raider roster. Listen to me, I know the Raider roster. They didn't know it. They look like fools. Denver didn't make the playoffs. They lost four in a row against the Raiders. Chargers and that coach boy blunder. Everybody telling you how great the Chargers were. Oh, my God, this is a Super Bowl roster. This is unbelievable. They didn't make the playoffs. Who knocked them out? The Raiders. So the Raiders knocked the Chargers out of the playoffs, and they got Vic Fangio fired. But that was last year. Now this year we have to reset, and we have to dip the show in reality. And we need to acknowledge that Denver got a lot better. They got a lot better with Randy Gregory who can be an unstable character at times, but a very good player. He's a beast, and they already have a beast there who can come off the edge and jump. They have good players. And then the Chargers got J.C. Jackson, and they went out and got Khalil Mack, who's one of my favorite players. So with all of that, and the Chargers got Mike Williams, J.C. Jackson, Khalil Mack, Sebastian Joseph Day, they've been very active, and, and they want to spend, and they want to overpay right now, and they're willing to do it. So you tip your cap, you acknowledge it, and then find a way for the Raiders to build this roster with potential trades and everything else they want to do. So that's how I see it as they open up the show. And we'll keep an eye on all the insiders that are out there, the ones we have on the show, Vic Tafer, Vinny Bonsignor, Paul Gutierrez, and we'll keep an eye on Adam Schefter. And if something breaks, you'll know it as soon as I do. If you see it here on The Wire or one of our insiders reports on it, Ian Rappaport is the one I keep an eye on the most. And we'll see what happens. But have the Raiders been quiet? Hell yeah, they've been quiet. Is it shocking? No, it's not shocking. It's surprising. I thought that at least by today, the start of my show, there'd be one significant player who would have been agreed to on terms about to come into the Raiders and be a difference maker. And last year they did that. Gus Bradley did a pretty good job on the defensive side, bringing over some chargers. Denzel Perryman, he had a lot to do with that. And going out and getting Casey Hayward. And we'll see. Patrick Graham and what he's done as a defensive coordinator. And Josh McDaniels knowing a lot of these offensive players around the league, and especially the Patriots on the direction they're going in. Mike Garofolo of NFL Network on the breaking news of what happened with Gregory leaving Dallas and how he did it and Denver shocking the world. Gregory, uh, not so fast on the Cowboys agreement, even though the team tweeted it out. Um, Oh, wow. As Vic Lombardi, uh, my buddy out in Denver, reported, yeah, he's going to the Broncos, not the Cowboys. Randy, Gregory, uh, that deal, you know, we always say they agree on overall terms, but, you know, sometimes you get into the finer details and you got to work it out for whatever reason. I haven't quite gotten to the bottom of it yet, but I have confirmed the deal with the Cowboys fell apart. So Randy Gregory, a Cowboy through and through to this point, now headed to Denver to join the Broncos. We had talked about maybe Chandler Jones or Von Miller being the pass rusher in Denver. Nope, it turns out to be Randy Gregory. So we will find out more about this one as it develops. But, yeah, that one fell apart. I mean, I'm thinking about off the top of my head, Anthony Barr, Mm -hmm. Frank Gore. These are folks uh, in recent memory 
had agreed to terms on a deal and then backed out and reversed course. Until that thing is signed, it's not official. Randy Gregory, the latest example. Yeah, that's a pretty shocking story. That's a very shocking story. So two things there. If I'm Jerry Jones, I'm freaking out today. If I'm Jerry Jones, who's the GM of the team with his son, Stephen Jones, I don't think they're great at that position. I think Jerry Jones is a great owner. Look what he's done with the brand. He's got a gold jacket. You can't deny his three Super Bowls and what he's done to grow the league and to help grow the league in other markets. I don't think he's a great GM. So someone in Dallas dropped the ball. Gregory wanted to be there. They agreed to terms. They wrote a couple of things in the contract that Gregory and his agent didn't like. And Denver at the same time was working the phones and said, get the hell out of there. Stop. We got a better deal. Pretty much the same deal. And we'll write it under terms that make you happier. And Denver swooped in and got him. That's point number one. Point number two. Why is Denver so balls out to be great now? What's going on with Denver? A hated team in the Raider Nation. They're all in. They're not looking at it like, okay, we got our quarterback. We got our quarterback. That's good enough. We lost a couple of guys to get him, but we're good. We got Russell Wilson. We're going to win now games. He's going to win a couple of games for us that we would have lost last year, and let's stop. No, they're not stopping. As you heard, they're in the market for Chandler Jones. They got Gregory, the guy that they wanted. So why are they so aggressive? Because they want to win. Denver wants to win, and they know that the quarterback moves the needle, and they went out and got Russell Wilson, and then they got Randy Gregory. So if you're sitting in Las Vegas and listening to the Raider flagship, you must acknowledge that. You can still hate these teams. You still boo these teams. You still call them the, the donkeys. You root against the Chargers, who are usually a laughing stock. But, man, you're having a Modelo, and you're sitting at the bar going, whoa, holy crap, what just happened in the division? Remember, I was teeing you up for the last six months telling you if Aaron Rodgers came to Denver, we were all in trouble because I don't care what you think about any team's roster in the AFC West. If two-time MVP Aaron Rodgers comes to Denver, that would change everything. He didn't come. They got Russell Wilson, a very good player, an elite quarterback in this league. So Denver is hot. They're very active along with the Chargers and Jacksonville and a couple other teams. Just pretty interesting to me that two of the hottest teams in free agency are our neighbors in the AFC West. And I think that the Raiders have good players. You know, I look at what the Chargers have at defensive end. I'll take Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crosby all day. I'll take that along with Bosa and Mack. You know, you're flipping a coin on who's going to have a better game, but I'm pretty confident that the Raiders have good edge rushers. But the rest of the way, and I'm comfortable with the Raiders quarterback and Derek Carr. I think he could beat any quarterback on any given day. But I think the offensive line has to get better, and the secondary and the linebackers got to get better. So there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, the other big story here I want to fit into the monologue is Ian Rappaport's report on Aaron Rodgers' contract, which is a monster, absolute monster deal when it comes to guaranteed money. Now, as I tweeted out earlier today, this becomes the biggest mistake in the history of the Packer organization. They haven't made many, from Vince Lombardi, Bart Starr, Brett Favre, all the way to Aaron Rodgers. But they thought that Aaron Rodgers was going to be finished, and they went out in the first round and got Jordan Love in 2020. And now they're trying to clean that up. That's like a toxic oil spill. They should have never brought in Jordan Love. They didn't need him. They should have paid Aaron Rodgers in 2020, and they wouldn't be paying him, you know, $50 million a year guaranteed. So the contract's insane, but Aaron Rodgers deserves it. He's a back-to-back -back MVP. He's in Rappaport on the contract. Yeah, I will explain it because I think I now understand it. It is very complicated. I'm not good at math. 
But here are the important numbers for the Aaron Rodgers long-awaited contract extension, which has now been firmly and finally signed and is official. Aaron Rodgers does get his $50 million per year over the three years of the deal. Uh, but that is not the, even the most important number here. Here are the most important numbers. Aaron Rodgers gets $62 million average per year through the second, uh, through the two, first two years of this deal. He gets $74.5 million in the first new year of this deal. All of that together, it's $150.6 million guaranteed for Aaron Rodgers. So basically, and then at the back end, there's a couple dummy years and a really, really low number. So if you put it all together, the number looks low, but the reality is the first three years overall of this deal, $150 million, so 50 per year for Aaron Rodgers. Then he will likely retire, walk away, and continue to do whatever it is he does. But the main thing, Tom, is that Aaron Rodgers, richly compensated, highest paid quarterback in the NFL, based on these numbers, and he drastically lowers Green Bay's cab number so they can continue to do work. All right, so you just heard the enormity of that number in Derek Carr's deal. So everybody got an idea what's going on in Henderson, what they're working on? What they have to work on is they get the house in order. Remember, when John Gruden got hired, and I was privy to a lot of that, John Gruden wanted his own players, period. Nothing against Reggie, nothing against Jack. John Gruden and Mike Mayock wanted their own guys. And they did it that way, and they helped the structure of a team that Rich Passaccia led to a playoff berth and 10 wins. Now it's Josh McDaniels, and it's Dave Ziegler, and they deserve all the respect in the world. They got hired by Mark Davis, and they want to keep their players and bring in their own new players. And they're going to do it on their terms, and they're going to do it at the price points that they find acceptable. They probably don't want to overpay unless it's a really special situation, which could be Allen Robinson. It could be Devontae Adams in a trade. It could be anybody else here. But they didn't go nuts on day one, and most of the Raider Nation is going nuts. And I love what I'm in this situation because fans will really respect my opinions or fans will say crap like, oh, you're a homer, you're listening to them. No, I haven't talked to these guys. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I just, I'm just like you. I'm just sitting with a headset on trying to figure out what they're going to do. But I'm positive that the team's pretty good to, to start with. I know they're going to change out players. Corey Littleton was a bust. He was a bust. When he got signed and came in, if you looked at the film of him coming in from the Rams, I couldn't tell you how excited y'all were. All the guy did was make plays in the backfield. He was a bust. When Trent Brown came here, he won a Super Bowl. He was a great player. He became a bust. He didn't work out. He didn't eat right. He didn't want to be here. He was a bust. There were other players that came here, and they didn't live up to the hype. Nick Witkowski, draft picks. And they're all coming in now, two guys and their staff, which is brand new, trying to get their head around who they want to keep. I think that becomes a bigger priority, resetting the finances of the roster that they have, letting go of players and restructuring contracts. But hopefully they get out of free agency with one or two players that you know are going to be a starter, not a backup, a starter, not headed for depth, and can maybe move the needle with the team going forward. That's the monologue. I'd like to get your opinion the rest of the way so I can take a breath. 702-365-9200. Calvin and Lancaster, start us off on the Raider flagship. I think the Raiders need to quit being so cheap. Uh, you know, I think they're sitting back waiting to give Derek Carr all their money anyway, which they shouldn't do. You know, like I said, I think they should go ahead and trade Derek Carr and get to Sean Watson. 
You know, you can trade Derek Carr, two number ones, Jonathan Abram, and go get uh, Deshaun Watson. And let's go from there. All right, so your priority is not signing free agents. It's doing a trade for Deshaun Watson and telling Derek Carr goodbye. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. A good young, Derek Carr is not a good athletic quarterback that we need. We, you know, Deshaun Watson is that athletic quarterback that can move the pocket and he throw the ball down the field. You know, go get it. He's young, you know. Okay. Uh, again, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not saying it's it's impossible that it's going to happen. Thanks for the call, but I don't think it's going to happen there as I try to dip the show in reality. Uh, Mike Garofolo reports the Raiders are giving safety and special teamer Dallin Levitt the right of first refusal tender as a restricted free agent, $2.43 million. The former undrafted free agent had 35 tackles last season and played 22% of the snaps on defense, including one start. This, this tweet from Mike Garofolo is the perfect example of who's in charge of the Raiders now. They looked at Dallin Levitt. They saw some things they liked. They're giving him a first refusal tender for a small amount of money. And if he wants to stay, he can say. If not, they'll go get someone else. That's it. They are value shopping. They are value shopping to try to find the best players available at a cheaper price to get the finances in order in their view of what the finances are now with the players they are inheriting they are inheriting, which, for my background with the Raiders or anybody else, most of the players that you inherit you don't like. You want your own guys. You want your own guys. You want to put your name on the guys that are coming in because they're your guys. 702-365-9200, passionate Raider. Good to hear from you. Thanks for checking in. Go ahead. What's up, JT? I hope you had a uh, good time with your parents and, and whatnot, you. man. It's, it's always a blessing being able to – Spend time with the family and whatnot, but uh, yeah, JT, man, I'm I'm, I'm kind of you know if I wasn't going through this deal with my mom right now, I'd probably be a little bit more messed up. I kind of got a little bit bigger perspectives right now, but I, I gotta be real, man. I get off work and you pick it up, and and, and you know it's like I, I I just it's like you get you get stuck for words because you know they tell us this and Mark tells us this from the day one that this isn't a rebuild, this isn't dude. JT, you know it. You might not do We all know it, JT. This is a rebuild. We, I mean, okay, we're not jumping out on every big name. But I'm just saying, look what these other teams are doing right now in our division. It doesn't matter what people say. Oh, we're just sitting back and chilling. We're just waiting. That's not how you win. You don't sit back there. It seems like you just said, you know, like, we're sitting back trying to wait to find the, the cheapest viable options. To me, it's like we're going to the dollar store to buy our groceries, man. I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know what to say, JT. I don't know what to think. I, I, I. What I really think is, just like the caller before said, our best way right now to get ahead is we need to trade Derek Carr for top dollar, top whatever we can get because it, it, it ain't looking. It ain't looking too good. It ain't looking too good. I'm lost for words. I, I'm confused. Uh, I, I'm dumbfounded. Yes. You, you prove, hey, hey, my friend, you, you've proved my point. You're confused, you're triggered, you're freaking out over a new head coach and a GM that is assessing the team, no, uh, a team that's made the playoffs, and hold on, not overspending and not getting the players that you personally want, which is fair. You've called in, you call in on other shows too, but I'm the one that'll call you out respectfully and will agree 
to, to have oh, a cordial yeah. relationship that you're panicking right now. And if, if that's how you want to come across on the Raider flagship, panicking like the sky is falling because Khalil Mack didn't come back or they didn't get J.C. Jackson or they ha- hadn't gone out there and got Randy Gregory. I don't want J.C. Jackson to get But, J.T., we don't even have a roster right now, man. We don't even have – we've got 19 free agents on the, uh, leaving. We have holes everywhere. So, so I wouldn't say I'm panicking. I'm just confused as to why are we waiting and who and what are we waiting for? Because if we think that we're going to move money around and pay Derek Carr and he is supposed to be the one to take us to the playoffs or take us to the I, that, that ain't going to happen, man. And I, I'm not yeah. saying that if it does, I'll eat crow with barbecue sauce on it. But if we think we're going to go give Derek, Derek Carr $45 million a year and go bring over Devontae Adams, and have those two with the rest of our team with no one to block, no one to guard, no defensive line. Yes, we got Max over there who wants to eat. Yeah, we understand we got Max over there. But if we do not address this offensive line, the rest of these cornerbacks in the, in the back end, JT, this AFC West is not playing around right now, man. So I'm, I wouldn't say I'm panicking, JT. I'm oh, I would. The word is, I'm just confused, okay. man. All right. I'm Thanks confused. for the call. Appreciate the call. You are panicking. You're out of your mind. You're triggered. You're freaking out. And let's call it what it is. And I'm okay with that. Uh, the first two callers to the show today, a quarter of the way through the show, uh, want to trade Derek Carr. First two calls I get because they don't believe that the GM and the head coach did enough on day one of free agency. And you're questioning me for saying you're triggered and panicking? Again, I'm not saying what they're doing is perfect but I understand what they're doing. I Give me credit for understanding what they're trying to do and trying to frame it here so we can talk about it. If you don't like it, if you don't like the plan, come in with another plan. But just to say we don't have a defensive line with Ngakwe and Max Crosby and the way those tackles played last year, to say that they don't have players on this team, I mean, I think that's ridiculous, and I just think they're starting now, and they're probably going to pounce in the draft They might trade draft picks for a blockbuster trade. They could be in the Devontae Adams race, the arms race. And obviously, there are some other really good players out there that are available today. 702-365-9200. Wow. Figured this one out when I woke my my eyes open this morning. Uh, I knew what type of show I was hosting today. Get on. Get some. Well, Dave and Josh and Champ, those guys, they handle all the personnel stuff. Here's why we're talking. I think I can't see your name, but I think you said Josh, correct? Yeah, yeah Josh. The thing I want, I want good players. <laughs> you give me good players, I'm good. Whether I work with them before or not, I mean, I trust our coaches. I trust my ability to coach and teach. I mean, give us good players. We'll be, we'll be good to go. We'll, we'll do our best. So the guys that are here, the guys that are going to be here, that I'll take those guys. I don't need a, a requirement of guys from the past. I don't need, we don't need any of that. We just want good football players who buy into the team concept and the, the concept that Josh is uh, putting forward there in terms of how he wants this team to look. Patrick Graham, defensive coordinator of the Raiders, and really that's it. That soundbite I told Bobby to save an archive because he's exactly telling you what they're going to do. They want to take good football players and make them better, and that's the way they do it at the Patriots. They want to take good players. And, you know, last year, Belichick, 
and Dave Ziegler and the whole entire organization were very active. They were active in free agency. They were very active in the offseason. And I remember on my national show talking about it. Everybody was like, wow, what are the Patriots doing? They saw an opportunity to pounce. They saw value in certain players. So they flipped the roster on top of drafting Mac Jones, who led them to the playoffs and won some pretty big games for them. So my assessment is they're evaluating the organization from top to bottom from the football side. They're trying to figure out the money. They're trying to restructure deals to get more money. And they could be looking at a blockbuster trade or a deal that could be pending, or they're going to go heavy on the draft and maybe trade draft picks to get the player that you want. You know, that's always an opportunity also with the draft coming up. There's just an opportunity to get rid of a first, the next year's first, and go out and get a player that can move the needle in a trade. So all of that is still in play here as we wait to see if the Raiders will be active today, which they haven't been active. They've been quiet, along with several other teams that haven't jumped in. It's always about the teams, usually. There's always a team that surprises you. There's a team that surprises you. The Chargers surprised me because they got two great players, so two great players on paper. And then the other team that doesn't surprise me is Jacksonville. They had the most money. They're the worst team, and they want to put all the money to work, and they don't want to lose out on players, so they're overpaying for them. And that was pretty easy to predict. That's what normally happens. The worst teams are the most active early in free agency. 702-365. 9,200. Marcus in Colorado. Thanks for waiting. You're up next. JT, thank you for uh, taking my call, sir. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. I I appreciate you being the anchor of this pirate flagship station. And I would just like to say we should all just calm down and appreciate what's going on right now. I personally trust Mark Davis as the son of the late, great Al Davis. He's got nothing on his mind but making this team great again. And I think that's where we're going. I trust who he's brought in here. I trusted when he brought Mayock and Gruden. All that happened the way it happened. That, to most teams, would have destroyed them for a decade. This team right now, with what Mark Davis has put together, and his vision, I believe, this is just a roadblock. This is just a little bump in the road. I think we are on our way to being a great football team, again, in the best division in football. And that's very exciting to me as a Raiders fan, lifelong Raiders fan. And so thank you, JT, for – Okay, I got you. appreciate it. Thanks for the kind words. And I would be a little bit concerned that Denver and the Chargers got a lot better. I'd be really concerned about that. That's part of my job. I'm really concerned about the fact that Denver is not going to be a walkover like it was the last two years. And I'm really concerned about the personnel that the Chargers brought in because there's two players that are going to make them much better, much better along with the roster that's already really good. And and I've said that in the past. I've always thought the Chargers had a better roster than the Raiders, even though the Raiders made the playoffs last year. The Raiders beat them in the last game in overtime, which got them a win and knocked them out of the playoffs. But it's fair to say certain teams have a better roster. And that's why I said all last year that the Raiders roster was better than Denver when there were some other people on the radio saying the opposite and just drooling all over the Broncos last year and how great they were. I never saw it. Got that one right. Cleveland's roster's good. It's going in the wrong direction now. Green Bay's got some problems because they're overpaying for some players and losing some other players. What other teams are improving that you see? Is there other teams in the NFC? The Cowboys, Cowboys got slapped around in the last 48 hours. Cowboy fans, you think Raider fans? Or a bit worked up? Wait till you hear the Cowboy fans over the next couple of days 
on the quality players that they're losing is they're trying to fix their cap after giving Dak Prescott all that money. 211, still reserve on the Raider flagship. Go ahead. What's up, JT? Hey, man. Uh, you know what? You're right, man. I, I agree with you. I see what the, the guys are doing. They come from a system where they they don't they don't jump things in the free agency. They kind of play low key and do their thing. And I, I like that myself. I kind of see what's going on. I agree with you. They're analyzing the roster. Um, and you know what? I, I'm digging it. With the offense, only if they can come in here and fix the red zone issues on the offense and pick up a couple pieces and get a receiver to construct that field that we have but we no longer have now, we're going to be all right. If they can do that part, the defense hasn't always been the greatest part of our team the last two decades. If they can fix that to be even a little better from last year, we're going to be all right. Yeah, uh, Denver and the Chargers getting way better is concerning because we always talk about this window of uh, window for us to be in a Super Bowl possibly on the run, but that window just got a little got a little uh, smaller now because of these two teams getting way better. Now, on top of that, I'm not going to go crown anybody because, look, for example, when the Philadelphia Eagles said they were the dream team when Ball went over there, they, that doesn't always work. On paper, it might look great. But you still got The game still must be played. And I'll tell you what, Carr ain't going nowhere. I don't even think Deshaun Watson would actually be a reality because I don't think Mark Davis would take somebody on that has allegations like he's dealing with. I'm not saying they're true or not, but I don't think he would take something like that on. So, I, hey, we're going to roll with it. I like I like what you're doing, JT. I like how you call people. You keep it real. Hey, Raider Nation, stay up. How oh, did you hear me? Raider! Appreciate the call. We do try to keep it real here. It's not going to be real for everybody. But, again, I'm not in some crazy panic today. Maybe because I just came off a great trip on the water and I'm, I'm kind of getting my sea legs underneath me. But... I don't think there's a panic today. I'd like to see something happen, and we'll keep an eye on that if there's breaking news today. At Remy Martin, they believe that behind every success is a collective story. Team Up for Excellence is a celebration of the overall success of a team behind every great achievement. Remy Martin celebrates Las Vegas' home team success and the team that takes to achieve those successes because behind every success there's a collaborative story. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. Jeff Sherman over at the Westgate on the numbers that are moving with March Madness. Inbounds pass goes to Texas A&M. They'll run that final second off. And the Tennessee Volunteers are the SEC Tournament Champions. They've come to Tampa, and they've won three straight. And they knock off Texas A&M today to win the championship, 65-50. to Tennessee Radio, JT, back with you as we continue on. Busy, busy time. Always a thrill to welcome in Jeff Sherman, the VP of Risk Management over at the Westgate. And, Jeff, let me get the big story out of the way, the pro football talk story on Tom Brady uh, unretiring and how that might have moved the market and maybe some potential insiders knew about that. How are you handling that PR-wise over at the Westgate? Well, you know, when we put our Super Bowl odds up this year, uh, you know, it was after Brady announced his retirement, so we opened him a 50-1. to had the odds fluctuating from 50 to 60 to 1 quite often. This past week, we saw an influx of money, some inquiries that wanted more. Uh, at 60 to 1, we took some money in New Jersey at 60 to 1. 
on Tampa for the Super Bowl, lowered them a bit, saw some more money. Uh, in Nevada on the same day on Thursday, uh, when we were at, at 25 to 1 for the Super Bowl, we took a $4,000 wager at 25 to 1. You know, it, it looked like something was going on, like there's information out there. So we quickly cut it down to 14 to 1. So we stood at 14 to 1 on Tampa until Sunday when his announcement happened, at which time we went 10 to 1. So on Sunday when it happened, we weren't that far off from where our adjusted odds were. But over the course of this last week, we took some money in our different jurisdictions on, on Tampa. And uh, obviously, you know, it's uh, some good wagers right now. Yeah, what, what I'm finding interesting here is it just sharp Sue Mason making that bet. I mean, anybody, my son, who's 18 years old, alerted me when I was on vacation that, you know, Brady's at Manchester United as Ronaldo's getting a hat trick and he's with the Glazers. I mean, anybody at that point in time would have said, wow, Brady's with the Glazer family and we could react and may, maybe I'm sensing he might come back and put some money on Tampa Bay. But I, I don't know if it's a sharp person or someone on the inside or someone just getting lucky because – they're guessing right that Brady might come out of retirement. No, it was some sharp bets, and from our perspective, it doesn't look like it was a guess. <laughs> this okay. type of money coming in, it doesn't look like a guess. So, um, but it's fine. You know, we we take bets on stuff like that all the time. There, you might have a a basketball player that you don't know if he's going to play or not, and then you see some bets come in, and it can lead you to the direction that he's going to play tonight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it happens all the time on a daily basis, and this is just a little bit more pronounced because it's involving Brady and the NFL. So being at the most famous sports book, I believe, in the world, what is it like for the madness of March, especially as fans are coming in, bettors are coming in by the droves, by the plane loads to stay throughout the Strip, and they're coming over here looking to bet totals, they're looking to bet first half, they're looking to bet favorites, and everybody just wants action, Jeff, like I've seen with my buddies on every game. It's not like they want to pick one or two games on the first day. They want to get as much action as they can get. What's it like for you behind the window? Well, it's been fantastic so far. You know, yesterday we got up a ton of props. I give the guys here credit. I wasn't involved, but, you know, Ed and Rex that do our college basketball, they put up a ton of props like conference wins. Mm -hmm. Uh, Will this team make it to the Sweet 16? We've seen an influx of action on that already from last night to today. So we have those type of wagering options. Then you go all the way through the tournament, which starts tonight, the first four, tomorrow, and then into Thursday. Thursday, Friday, obviously the largest days, but so many wagering options. So much interest, and it's already starting. You could already start to feel the energy in the room. Uh, Jeff Sherman, VP of Risk Management over at the Westgate in Vegas. So let's talk about the favorites first and any movement on Gonzaga or Arizona, uh, where the money's coming in on these teams. I, I've been on top of Arizona the last couple of years as a fan, thinking they're eventually going to uh, break through, and I don't like the way they end the season, playing in a weak conference and a weak conference tournament, even though there's some competition compared to Arizona, who has a little bit of a tougher track record playing in the Pac-12. Yeah, well, we've seen some money on Gonzaga, and you know when we, we reopened the odds on Sunday after we saw the brackets, we put Gonzaga at 7-2, to two, and we saw sharp money, and they're down to plus 280 now, which is really low, and you usually don't see sharp money on those uh, the, the favorite like that immediately from the Sharps. So um, that, that has had some movement. Arizona sitting at 6-1. to one. That's because of the liability we built up over the season. Uh, the, the one team that's interesting to me is Kansas sitting at 8-1. to one. We had them at 7-1-8. There's not as much interest in them, but they seem to have the easiest path out of their bracket. So they would have been higher odds. You see Duke at 16, Baylor at 16. We would have had Kansas higher, except for their path looks relatively easy. 
Are you surprised that Coach K hasn't moved the number to better odds for Duke, considering this is his last show, his last run here? The team didn't play good down the stretch. That would be motivation to get into him more, coach him a little bit harder, and maybe we'd say, I like Duke. I like Duke in their bracket there. I think they can get to the Zags there in the Elite Eight. How do you see that? Yeah, well, we beat Duke, Duke out, like I mentioned, a 16-1. to That's about the highest they've been all season. And part of that is because the money hasn't showed up recently on them. So, you know, our position keeps growing. But also, some of the guys in the room here think Duke could easily lose in the second round. So it looks mm-hmm. like it could be a tough path and, you know, just no no easy uh, path for them. So um, it, it's a lot of the guys back here are, are anti-Duke when it comes to uh, getting all the way to the final game. Jeff Sherman, VP of Risk Management at the Westgate, frequent contributor to us. Uh, any of these mid-major schools, any of these smaller schools, you're surprised at the handle and the amount of action they're getting? Maybe a team or two that you're surprised here as you're moving the number? Well, in the games themselves, not in the futures, but we've seen some movement in the games. And mm-hmm. uh, Vermont against Arkansas, we opened Arkansas five and a half. It's down to five, so we've seen Vermont money there. Um, everyone's darling underdog, South Dakota State against Providence. We opened that what we thought was short, Providence two and a half, and we've gotten South Dakota State money. It's down to Providence two. And one of the guys, Rex, back here made a good point that if this was like 10 years ago, this number would be like Providence six. But numbers are so much sharper these days, and you anticipate where the money's going to go, that you're getting a very short dog price on South Dakota State at this point. But that hasn't deterred anyone, so people are still looking for sides like that. Jeff Sherman's our guest as we wrap it up. What do you think of – what are you sensing on Kentucky? You know, Dickie V picked them, and again, Z- Dickie V isn't a professional sharpier. But Coach Calipari with one win total long term, they're always a young team. I always – it bothers me when they say they're young. That's what he wants. He wants a young team of NBA players who are going to play one or two years, and then he, he refills with the same type of players here. Uh, Kentucky and their strength of schedule and where they lie in the bracket. Yeah, well, Kentucky's been one of the teams that has been seeing support recently. They're sitting at 8-1 to in the future pool, and their opening game against St. Peter's has seen sharp play. They laid Kentucky minus 17.5. It's up to 18. So when you tend to see the Sharps on a favorite side that's a public side in addition, then you know that the book's going to be looking for St. Peter's in that first game. But um, that's been a team the public's and Sharp on uh, relatively lately. Uh, as we wrap this up with all your great golf knowledge, I was in Miami last week and I was in Florida for nine days and I had some buddies who were marshalling and helping out at the players. What a mess that was with the weather, the wind. What was it like to make adjustments throughout the rain delays and the delays of the weather and seeing guys drop off and then come back from behind? It was a crazy golf tournament to handicap, huh? That was one of the tougher ones that we've had to deal with, you know, because a lot of the stoppages of play um, when they concluded each day were the rounds were still in the middle of the rounds. It wasn't at the conclusion of a round. So when we're doing updated odds, you had to look in relation to who had so many holes left, where they're going to be found in the draw, the Saturday draw with the wind. So if somebody had to finish a round and play most of their round on Saturday, you saw Brooks Kepka, Jordan Speed did very poorly and missed the cut because of that. So we had to factor that into the numbers, and it wasn't just an end of round, get up some numbers and everything's equal. You had a lot of uh, decisions to make on where people lied in the draw. Last one, NBA futures market here with the Suns, the Warriors getting Draymond back, Kyrie Irving in the Nets, his problem with his vaccination status in Philadelphia since Harden came over. Any big line movement here? 
it's been relatively tight lately. The only thing mm-hmm. I've done is I've had fluctuation in the in the Warriors. I was high, as high as five to one, but after a nice win the other night um, against Milwaukee, I went back to nine to two, uh, mm-hmm. and. Now you're getting Draymond Green back, and that's one piece that they've been missing. So we have the Suns and the Warriors sitting at 9-2, to two, and the East is the top teams that you just mentioned, the Nets, the Bucks, and the Sixers, 6.5 six to 7.5 to 1 in that range. But those seem interchangeable, and I'm moving them slightly up and down, changing positions. Thank you, Jeff. Always a pleasure. We'll talk to you in a few weeks. All right. Thanks, JT. Jeff Sherman, VP of Risk Management over at the Westgate. We get one of the sharpest handicappers in the world on this show frequently. So that's where it is, and he addressed what happened, this big story, and we'll talk to Bill Krakenberger about it. Inside information on Tom Brady coming out of retirement? Inside information? Who had the inside information? Giselle? Did she place the bet? Gronk? Who had the inside information? If you're going to have an investigation, who had it? Follow the money. Follow the tickets. It's a guessing game, in my opinion.